0: Hey, it's Mark Zimmerman, President and Chief Operating Officer of Renter's Warehouse, Houston. I really appreciate you clicking on this video. Uh, Hopefully you'll learn a little bit, maybe gain a little insight on what we're going to talk about today. On a side note, we are a property management and property leasing company for single family residential property in the greater Houston area. So, hey, you got a rental property and you want somebody to help manage it, we would love to do that. You need some help finding you a tenant, we would love to do that. But anyway, let's go ahead and get started on what we're going to talk about today. So, today we're going to talk about different ways you can finance real estate investments and also different ways that you can analyze said real estate investments, all right? We're gonna go over both of those subjects pretty quickly, but in some detail too. So let's start out right off with uh, possible financing options, right? So you've, you've got a house that you wanna purchase, how do you finance that thing? Or how do you come up with the cash to buy it, right? Well, the first thing I like to say is that you really need to decide ahead of time, are you gonna rent it or are you gonna sell it? you gonna f- buy fix up and hold buy fix up and sell you're gonna sell it as is you got all these different options but let's talk about really the two biggies which is I'm gonna buy fix up and sell or I'm gonna buy fix up and hold okay because the financing involved with those two types of scenarios can be different as well as kind of the process or the numbers that you follow for that scenario so I'm going to spend the most amount of time on the way that I've funded all my deals, 400 plus houses during my little career as a real estate investor. Um, It's not the only way. It's not necessarily the best way. It just worked out for me, especially since I was buying, selling, uh, buying, fixing up and selling 98% of my properties, right? Uh, So what is that? That is short term or hard money financing, okay? You may or may not have heard of it. Uh, But basically, they're gonna give you short-term financing. Usually it's an interest-only loan that's about six months long. So that means if you don't get it done in six months and get it either sold or refinanced or paid off, right? you're gonna be in some trouble. You're probably gonna have to pay a pretty big fee to extend the loan. And my my thing has always been, hey, if you can't buy, fix up, and sell or buy, fix up, and refinance a property in six months, an investment property, you got a problem. I've certainly never taken that long that's that that's a big red flag so you don't really want to go over that six month mark anyway normally you don't have to right Um, along with that six month term you needing that money for three or four months on average which is about where you know I've always been that means that you don't really need to worry so much about the overall annual financing right everybody says oh but hard money is so expensive oh it's 12 13 14 percent you know annual rate ah well I hope I hope that you're not holding the property for a year Then you are paying 14% and that's that's painful you know we were averaging 118 days on our flips buy fix up and sell buy fix up and sell buy fix up and sell 118 days we're talking about four months so we knew that our cost of funds were going to be about 1.41 percent per month of the amount that we borrowed right so just figure that in your profit 1.41%, I got to figure that in, as one of my expenses coming out the door. So when I'm figuring out how much I'm going to make ahead of time, I know that number, okay? So hard money, talk some more about it. It's basically asset-based. It's not credit-based. They're going to look at your credit to pre-approve you, but when they do the loan, it's going to be all about the asset and how much they loan you based on the asset. So let's talk a little bit about how they come up with how much they're going to loan you. This is very important. Let's talk about how we come up with the numbers on hard money or, or short-term financing. Okay. Hard money lenders are gonna loan you based on the after-repaired value, A-R-V, after repaired value. Okay. That means what is the value of the house after repairs? whoo Rocket science. After repaired value is a value after repairs. Okay, so. Before you start making offers on investment property, you better know what your ARV is, right? That's a very important number. You should know what your ARV is, and you should actually know what your repair costs are probably gonna be. So, you already know what the after repair value is, you better before you ever go seeking out a loan for the said property you got under contract. So you know that I repaired value is, let's say for fun, $100,000. So the house is worth $100,000 once it's fixed up, nice. Well, how do you come up with that dollar amount? Well, you go into your multiple listing service that all the realtors use. You find comparable sales, recent comparable sales of properties in the neighborhood that are fixed up nice or in the condition that your house is going to be, right, when you sell it. That's how you come up with after-repaired value. That's how your lender's gonna come up with a after-repaired value, and that's what you should be doing on every deal you look at. So, the after-repaired value is $100,000, we all agree. Okay, great, Woo! $100,000. Well, most hard money lenders are only gonna loan you 70 to 75% total, total funded, on that $100,000 property. So, at a 70% total fund rate, on a $100,000 fixed up after-repaired value property, 70 percent of hundred thousand dollars is seventy thousand dollars right 70 percent hundred thousand dollars seventy thousand dollars pretty easy right so you're at seventy thousand so you're like okay mark that's great i'm gonna get seventy thousand dollars to buy this house now because hard money lenders also will deduct out of that number the amount of repairs that are needed to get it to that hundred thousand dollar after repaired value right So as I said earlier, you better know what the repairs are before you start making offers on houses to buy, fix up and sell or buy, fix up and hold. So in this scenario, let's pretend that you've done your homework and you figured out that that house is gonna need $20,000 in repairs to get it to $100,000 after repaired value, okay? So here's some some more simple math. If the total amount that they're gonna loan you is $70,000, 70% of the 100,000 after repaired value, and it needs 20000 in repairs, guess what? you got to take that out of that total amount funded of 70000 So now you're down to 50000 on that $100,000 house that needs twenty dollars in repairs. Well, Mark, that means I can pay fifty dollars for it, and I'm all good. All contraire. No, you're not, because if you buy the house for $50,000, and it needs $20,000 in repairs, which, by the way, on a side note, they're going to loan you the repair funds too, which is what makes hard money so great, but you're still gonna to have to come to the table with closing costs. Because remember, the max that they're gonna loan you is $70,000 on a $100,000 house with 20,000 in repairs. So if you pay 50 for it, you're gonna to have to come to the table with money. So what we do is we actually negotiate underneath that $50,000 number and go down about 5% lower. So the maximum I'm gonna pay for that house in that scenario is $45,000 if i buy it for forty-five thousand, that gives me five thousand dollars cushion to go towards closing costs and you're gonna have closing costs right you're gonna have title company fees and dot prep fees and title insurance fees you're gonna have fee 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 uh, so you want to be able to include those in your loan so that way you come to the table with zero money down you always see these infomercials i'm going to teach you how to buy property with no money down your credit doesn't really matter well guess what they're talking about hard money but you have to buy the house deep. And that's the tricky part about hard money is that you do have to buy the house pretty cheap for it to fit those numbers, that formula that I just gave you, right? 70% of the after-repaired value, including repairs and including closing costs if you don't wanna bring a lot of money to the table. So, just know this though, some hard money lenders will have semi to perm loan programs my pals over at jet lending lady gant he's got a semi to perm program which is pretty slick all that means is he's going to do a hard money short-term loan with you and then when you're ready to refinance that into a long-term 15-year note to turn it into a rental or 20-year note turning a rental they're going to roll it in that long-term note so you only need the money for like a month or two and what's cool is the appraiser that appraised the after-prepared value when you did the hard money loan when it was a crap hole is gonna do the same appraisal when you're done, so you're probably gonna get the same number. A lot of times, traditional lenders, appraisers don't come up with the same number that all the sales come up for in terms of what the house is worth once it's fixed up. In this scenario, these semi-perm programs, the appraiser is doing the same valuation, so you're gonna get the same evaluation in terms of what it costs, or what it's, what it's worth, I mean, after it's fixed up. The other nice thing is, They're going to loan you 80% of the value of the house once it's fixed up, just like any other traditional lender. And you you basically are all in at 70% on that hard money loan. So if you follow me here, you have a 10% spread of money that you can use for your closing costs towards your permanent loan and maybe even take a little cash out and put it in your pocket. How cool is that? So let me blow your mind. If you buy a house cheap enough where you can use short term money, and you get into the semi to perm program to refinance it out into a long-term 15 20 year note you can do all that without adding money down i know it's crazy but it's true it works so that's kind of my thing the nice thing about hard money the last thing i'll leave you with is that they'll loan you on anything they'll loan you on the on all of it i mean the repairs doesn't matter if there's a kitchen that caught on fire, doesn't matter if there's a hole in the roof, doesn't matter if the house split in two, they're going to loan you the money because they're going to loan you based on the after-repaired value, less repairs, might be a big dollar amount, but less repairs to get that property back in a good condition. So that's a great thing about hard money in terms of the loan on anything. It's asset-based and uh, you can sometimes roll it into a permanent loan. If you don't want to buy, fix up and sell, you want to buy, fix up and hold, okay? Whoa, that's short term. Now we're going to fly through the other ones cuz you know, they're pretty self-explanatory. Traditional financing, that's your normal bank mortgage loan, right? Generally, you're going to need 20 to 25% down. Uh they're not going rep- to fund any repairs at all. Uh, yes, the interest rates lower, but you ain't going to get three percent on investment property. It's going to be more like six or seven, maybe, maybe five in this market. But anyway, it's going to be less than a short-term loan. But you're going to have to bring twenty, twenty-five percent down, where you don't have to do that on that semi to program with the hard money lender. Make sense? Again, they won't loan on crap houses. So if there's a hole in the roof, there's a foundation problem, the kitchen caught on fire, they're not going to loan you money, so just take that off the table. But Mark, I can get a cheap loan at 5 6%. No, you can't. They will not loan you on that house, so shut up. It's not an option, so you can't count it, right? This is great, though, for rentals that don't need a lot of work. You buy a house and you want to turn it into a rental, which I highly recommend. Let's watch another video about how to retire rich, passive income, Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad. Yes, you gotta buy rentals. It's a great way to buy rentals is just go ahead and use that traditional financing, bring your 20, 25% down, put them on 15, 20 year loans, and go, right? It is credit based though, so you better have some pretty good credit too, along with that money in the bank. So that's traditional financing, easy peasy. Partnering, that's another great way to go, right? You find somebody that's willing to partner with you on the house and maybe give you the money to purchase the house and the repairs too, but guess what? They're either going to want a high interest rate, kind of like hard money, or even more usual is that they're going to want a percent of the profits, which could cost you a lot of money, right? You'll make $30,000 on that deal, and they want half, $15,000 right out the window. Whew. So that's the downside is they usually want a portion of the profit, and a lot of times they're also going to want a little control on what's going on and what you do. And me, I, I don't like people telling me what to do, I got to admit. So. You're gonna lose up a little bit of control on the on the purchase as well sometimes. The nice thing is about partnering is you can negotiate those terms, right? You can get them down to 20% of the profit or 25%, whatever it is, right? So you can negotiate those terms and it's easy peasy if you can find them, right? That's the tough part, finding people willing to put up their money for a percent of the profits or a high interest uh, r- return. Owner financing, that's another way to go. Somebody's thinking about selling a house, you go, you look at it, you wanna buy it, ask them, hey, would you consider financing this house? Most of the time they're gonna say no, they just want cash out and get out, but maybe they say sure. Well, great if you can find those as well because you can again negotiate the terms. However, just like traditional financing, they're not gonna give you any funds for the repairs. So you're gonna to have to be out of pocket on the repairs in that scenario as well as traditional. So owner financing is great again on rental properties or properties that don't need a lot of repairs, but you gotta negotiate those terms. Another way is uh, IRA, IRA investing, right? Um, you know, 401k. You got a 401k. You can actually loan yourself money out of those those retirement funds. There's there's ways to make that happen. What I always say is partner with a company like uh, Quest IRA that specializes in helping people to. F- basically fund properties through their retirement accounts. They're gonna handle all the paperwork, make sure everything's copacetic. There's a lot of documentation, a lot of rules you have to follow, but they can navigate all that with you, so I would hook up with them. But it's a great way if you got a big 401k, rather than just sitting there, waiting until you turn 65 to access it or whatever the age is, go ahead and access it for real estate investment. Do it now. And lastly, cash, right? Cash is king. Cash is a great way to do it if you got it, right? Um, you got a hundred thousand dollars? Well then consider just buying that house for fifty, sixty, putting twenty into it, and you just you know use all your cash, but you 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 knocked out of the park and then when you sell it, that's that's pure return, right? Gotta love that. I would highly recommend you think about leveraging your money. If you listen to anybody, they say leverage your money. What we mean by that is Maybe with that $100,000, you'd rather buy five rental properties using traditional financing at $20,000 down on each, and now you've got five rental properties on 15-year notes right? for the $100,000 rather than one real property, rental property for $100,000. Or maybe you buy two or three uh, investment properties you're going to fix up and sell for that money that you've got rather than, again, using it all on one deal. Just something to think about, but leveraging your money is a way to rocket your investment and your passive income or whatever you're trying to do very quickly rather than just blowing it all on one deal. So those are the financing options that are kind of the standard, the basics, the one that a lot of people know about and I hope that provided some value for you, okay? So now let's talk about analyzing rental property, right? It's so important to analyze rental property, especially before you buy it right we talked about how you come up with the after-repaired value of the property a very important number to know we talked about how to come up with you know repairs and that's in another video of managing a contractor how to find a contractor go watch that video but I tell you basically how to come up with a repair estimate right Uh, which is another super important number when you're you're making offers on real estate as an investment on a side note with hard money you're going to have the hard money lenders person confirm that your after-repaired after, after repaired value is correct and that your expense estimate is correct, which is important. People get mad when sometimes they say, dude, I don't think I see $100,000 after-repaired value on this. I think it's more like 90. Or they get mad when they say, hey, I think your repairs on this are going to be 30000 not 20000 They get mad. That's a double check. Don't get mad. In most cases maybe they're right some cases they may not be right and you've got to negotiate a little bit and say well no I don't agree this is what I came up with and see if they'll they'll move a little bit but in most cases they're probably right understand you don't know everything they've done a thousands and thousands of loans they know so anyway just know that you're gonna probably get that uh, that kind of second look but anyway that prepared value is important repair estimates important And then you got some basic formulas, some basic formulas that people use to analyze property. And let's talk about those, okay? Because at the very least, you need to understand these formulas when people talk about them. So the number one that you always hear that everybody gets all whacked about is cash flow, right? Cash flow, cash flow, oh, I got to have cash flow. Oh oh my, if I can't get less, if I can't get more than $300 a month cash flow, I never do a deal. Oh, I need $500 a month cash flow or I'm not going to do the deal, blah, 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 blah. You know everybody gets tied up into cash flow as we talked about in another video and i'm going to talk about here in a minute i don't get too worried about cash flow per se i don't want negative cash flow on a deal especially when we're talking about whole properties which is where we're talking about cash flow right it's not so much about buy fix up and sell we've moved on to now the rental hold model i don't get too whacked out about cash flow as long as it's not negative I'm more concerned about appreciation. Appreciation is why we buy rental property. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, if I'm in a really great neighborhood that's appreciating like crazy year after year after year, I might be willing to take $150 a month cash flow. But if I'm in a crappy neighborhood that I got a rental property in and it's not appreciating hardly hardly at all, then I might need that $500 a month cash flow or $600 a month cash flow. I don't know. So it really dep- depends on where you're at and what the appreciation is, not the cash flow itself. So let's talk about cash flow. It's, it's very basic. It's an easy thing to calculate. It's pretty incomplete, incomplete, but it's real popular. So let's talk about it. You just take your monthly rental income minus your monthly expenses, and that gives you your cash flow. That's it. So if your house is renting for $2,000 a month, and you got $1,600 worth of expenses. Let's call that your mortgage payment every month and your property insurance payment every month and your property taxes every month that you're kind of paying out and maybe your management fee to help somebody manage that rental property, have somebody manage that rental property for you, hopefully. Um, let's say that's $1,600 all in. So your cash flow in $400 bucks per month. Great. $400 bucks a month. Multiply by that times 12, 400 times 12, and that gives you your an- annual uh, income, which is $4,800, right? 12 times $400 is $4,800. I wonder why I always do a kind of real heavy Texas accent when I do calculations. Anyway, I don't know. So that's cash flow, super easy. Just take your income, minus your expenses. There you go, on the monthly basis. So cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. People get all whacked out about it. They get really excited about it, whatever. The next thing you're going to hear a lot is capitalization rate, capitalization rate, or what's commonly called cap rate. What's cap rate? Oh, I need a cap rate. Oh, cap rate's got to be a minimum of 4% for me. Oh, I need that 8% cap rate. Got to have that cap rate. So what are people talking about when they talk about this capitalization rate? It's pretty easy. It's basically just taking the ratio between your net operating income, which we just said was $4,800 in that scenario, and what you paid for the property which, you know, on $180,000 purchase price, that's what you paid for the property. So let's talk about this. You take your annual net operating income of 4,800, you divide it by the cost of the house, the house cost you $180,000, or the value, let's go cost, $180,000. That means in that scenario, 4,800 divided by 180,000 is a 2.7 cap rate. That's it, pretty simple. Now I can say that in residential real estate, most people are looking for a minimum of 4% cap rate, right? As high as 10, whatever. Um, but you'll hear that a lot from uh, more, some more seasoned investors that they want a certain cap rate. So now you know it's 2.7 in that scenario. It is what it is, cap rate, okay? Now let's move on to one that I like better than both of those and that is my cash on cash return, okay? It's certainly a better take than uh, you know on things in cash flow right so here's what you do right basically cash on cash return it accounts for what's left over each month or each year and measures that against how much cash you got tied up you know what not what your loan is but the cash out of your pocket so let's give you a scenario to talk about this you buy that $180,000 house that we've been talking about, you got to bring 20% down because you bought it with traditional money, which is fine, it's a rental property, that's A-OK. So you had to bring $36,000 to the table or 20% of $180,000. What did that quick. Take off your shoes, divide by three, just kidding. So you're $36,000 out of pocket, right? Right, okay. We already figured out our annual cash flow was $4,800. Remember, that's $400 cash flow a month times 12 months. So your annual cash flow is $4,800. So all you do is you take the $4,800, right, which is your, your, your cash flow each month, your net income after everything each month, divide it by what came out of your pocket in terms of cash, and that gives you cash on cash return. So $4,800 divided by $36,000 is easy peasy 13.4%. So you made 13% on your money in that little scenario. That's pretty good. What's the stock market doing for you right now? I know it's doing great. It's gonna keep going up, I don't know. What's your CDs paying at your bank? Probably nothing. Anyway, so that's a pretty good return on your money, 13%. Now you're kind of going, huh, maybe rental is not a bad way to go. Well, that's a great way to analyze property and I do it myself, cash on cash return. But now, now let's talk about the fourth way of analyzing property, which I think is very important. And that is cash on cash return, including appreciation. I just said earlier, appreciation is why we buy rental property. It is the why that we buy rental property. If you buy a two hundred thousand dollar house today and you put it on a fifteen-year note, even at a little tiny three percent appreciation, it's going to be worth three hundred eleven thousand dollars in fifteen years at three percent appreciation. Little tiny three percent appreciation. So that's why we do that. Because in fifteen years, I got a rental property that's been totally paid off by the tenant, and now I could sell it and make. Well, more than 111 thousand dollars because I probably only bought 20% to end up do the deal back when I bought it at 200. So I'm making a crap load of money. so that's why we do that appreciation. now you have to count appreciation when you come up with your cash on cash return in my opinion because it's a huge number and it's worth it's you have to count it if you're not counting appreciation you're messing up in my opinion your calculations. So how do we do that? Well, guess what? We take that cash on cash return formula that we just did where we came up with 13% appreciation on the very last one that we did, right? Your cash on cash return, and you just add your appreciation. Now, if you've already watched any of my other videos, you know that I mentioned that last year for 2020, Houston appreciated, my drum roll, 16%, 16%. Houston appreciated 16% in 2020 mind-blown now I can tell you I've lived in Houston for 30 years now and Houston on average appreciates about five to six percent every year for the last 20 to 30 years and that's not bad five to six percent I'll take it all day long so 60 percent is pretty damn good so if you take the appreciation in 2020 on a property that you owned in 2020 yeah go ahead and take that 13 percent cash on cash return but you got to add in the 16 percent appreciation for 2022 so now you didn't make 13 percent; you actually made 29 percent. 29 percent—that's a pretty good return on on your money, right? Now, if you watched any of my other videos, they're saying that if 2021, 2021 tracks like it has, we're going to be at 19 percent appreciation for 2021. So now, if you held that property in 2021, you got to do your 13% cash on cash return that you already figured out, but add in 19%, not 16% for 2021. And now you're looking at a 32% return on your money. So hopefully, that gives you uh, some better understanding of the four really common ways that people analyze real estate when they're thinking about investing. And you'll be able to use those to help you succeed in what you're doing. Uh, really, in conclusion, What you need to do is you need to decide, number one, which financing route you want to go. And do this before you purchase a property or start making offers, right? You should already go ahead and get pre-approved with your favorite hard money lender out there for that short-term financing. You should already get pre-approved with your favorite conventional lender as well in case you find something that doesn't need a lot of work and that you can turn into a rental property. Go ahead and start talking to people that might partner with you. You know, take a portion of the profits but put up all the money, not a bad deal. And then, Go ahead and interact with a company like Quest IRA uh, to help you with that uh, that retirement account financing you can absolutely use to purchase property as well, basically loaning money to yourself. And then when you do go make uh, offers, ask the the owner of the property, the seller, hey, would you think about maybe uh, financing this deal for me and negotiate those terms. So, but you wanna do all of those, especially those first five or four, ahead of time right so that way you know what you're gonna be doing when you go when you start making offers and you're negotiating contracts as far as uh, the calculations go those four formulas that I talked about are really the way people analyze property you can get into more detail Uh, we do have this huge spreadsheet that takes into everything that you can think of it gives me my appreciation over thirty years my expenses over thirty years my income over thirty years my cash on cash return my yield but it's a pretty uh, monstrous spreadsheet that we use to analyze. But you don't need anything that fancy. You just need to re- basically look at your return and your appreciation and, and uh, make sure you get a little cash flow coming every month. But anyway, I hope this was helpful t- uh, to you. If you uh, ever have any questions, as always, just reach out to me. There's a whole bunch of different ways to reach out. So reach out, and I'll try and answer your questions as best I can. Um, I also, as always, just wish you well in your investment journey and uh, wish you all the success, too. Anyway, I'm Mark Zimmerman. I'm out thanks for watching everyone we really hope you enjoyed the video if you did please hit the like button and subscribe below